0: All right. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Bobby Navia. And I am Dorian Weinzimmer. Welcome back, everybody, to the couch. Um, this week we are continuing our our, our Batman journey.
1: hmm <laughs> We are for We are for a fact.
0: We are for a fact. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so this week we we Dorian and I both watched uh, the movie Birdman. Mm-hmm. And we, we 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 will be talking about Birdman as if I don't think I don't correct. think
1: we need to explain why we watch Birdman while while <laughs> talking about Batman films, but maybe just yes. in case, why don't you uh, right inform everyone the context of this experience? <laughs> uh,
0: because we're uh, we're watching this as though Tim Burton directed this movie, right? So this is like the final <laughs> Tim Burton Michael Keaton yeah uh, Batman movie.
1: Yeah, we're we're we've been cross-examining uh, or comparing and contrasting uh, the Tim Burton Batman movies with the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and right. the problem is is there's a slight disparity in that Chris made three and Tim made two so we don't have a third timmy B b-man movie <laughs> so we had to we had to kind of improvise a little bit and um, you know a couple of suggestions got flo- thrown around but uh, I, I heavily lobbied for Birdman being our our third Tim Burton's Batman. Um, since it's so obviously, you know, is playing to that part of Keaton's celebrity in casting him mm-hmm. and, and the the associated fiction of the film. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we ended up doing that. So that's our that's our third Tim Burton's Batman movie. So it's Batman, Batman Returns, Birdman.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we should just get right into it. <clears throat> and uh, I want to know when you watched this movie. Uh, I just watched it this morning. Oh shit! Yeah. Guess what? You did too. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna watch it um, last night, or I wanted to watch it last night, but um, uh, Hannah uh, wasn't really. She wanted. To, she had seen the movie before and she likes it, but she wanted some, I don't know, like dumb action movie, which is why we ended up watching yeah. Equalizer too. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, get what you wish for, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I just watched it this morning and I kind of wish I had watched it, um, like yesterday at some point, although I, I am still thrilled that I watched police are blundering in the dark yesterday afternoon. That was a fully worthwhile way to spend my time, but, um, but just because I'm still like, like man, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still just kind of reeling, you know, from watching it. It's been a long time since I've watched this film. It's probably like, I don't know, shortly after it came out on Blu-ray was the last time I've seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. At least that I re- recall. Because, um, I, yeah, I saw it in theaters and I really dug it. And then I bought it as soon as it came out and watched it, you know, once or twice. I think like, you know, in the probably first couple of weeks that, after it had come out on Blu-ray.
0: Mm-hmm. And...
1: Um, yeah, I just haven't watched it since, and it's just amazing. You know, another one, it's funny that we're doing this in, um, in context of the Batman movies. Yeah. Um, because as you'll recall, and anybody who has listened to the podcasts uh, that we've been doing about these films, and if you haven't, shame on you, but um, <clears throat> with Tim Burton's Batman, it was one of those things where it was like, no, I remember this movie. I felt like, you know, oh, I totally remember this movie. I saw it like so many times when I was younger and all this. And then watching it now is like this is so much different than I remember. Um, and it was just like a wildly different experience. It wasn't quite to that same extreme with Birdman but it was also like wow this just this movie is hitting me so much different now um, than it was when uh, you know I originally saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like not saying like better or worse or anything like that. it's still I think it was an excellent movie then and I think it's still an incredible movie now um yeah but uh but yeah it just it it had a real different kind of like feel and energy and like effect and and kind of meaning and purpose to me you know watching it this time um than than it did previously and so so already it was like right off the bat i was kind of feeling these parallels actually to watching tim burton's batman i was like okay i'm already (laughs) like i'm already in this i'm watching this the right way right now (laughs) um so so yeah so uh so this morning to answer your question (laughs) (laughs)
0: no that's (laughs) um i watched it this morning as well yeah and uh i'm sorry i was looking up what year this movie came out came out in 2014 Mm -hmm. okay so uh yeah no i watched it this morning as well and um i had the same experience you did i think by the end of the movie I because I bought the Blu-ray and then it's it's been in my collection since, you know, let's say 2015, maybe when it came out on Blu-ray. And um, I realized I had never taken it out of the plastic. So this is the first time I watched the Blu-ray. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, yeah. So it's just been sitting there. And uh, and I think when the movie ended, I actually was thinking to myself, like, why did I like this so much? Because I just had such a range of like emotion like watching it yeah that i think i was hyped about it because of the the technical achievement sort of so like you know the camera movement the fact that it's all in like one shot you know that kind of thing um and i think this might have been just like the first time that i watched it and like watched the performances and like listened to like the dialogue and you know just got really really into like Regan like to the you know to the Michael Keaton character Uh you know and um like there were parts that I liked there were parts that like I I didn't like but like not because I I thought they were bad but I just think that's how just the movie was making me feel and uh you know just all, all over the place just like his character his character goes um what's really interesting since we're talking about this in the vein of like the Batman movies that we've been watching is that I actually started to think, I actually started feeling bad about like how much I'm into superhero movies. <laughs> like, cause you, cause you and I get into conversations about them. And what I love having you as my friend, Dorian is you do not mince words on things that like I unabashedly love. Cause I'll just be like, I don't care, bro. I love them. And you know, I think it's great, you know? And like, there's just <laughs> I just love that you pull no punches. I'm fine with it. And, like, that's it. But it was, like, the first time I started thinking about, like, damn, you know, if if Benedict Cumberbatch was never fucking Doctor Strange, like, who knows what he may have done, you know? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Because that's, like, one of the arguments that you, you, I think, rightfully bring up is, like, you know, there's so many indie directors and also indie actors that have that like small success of a movie. And then, you know, this, uh, a giant, you know, blockbuster IP comes along and now they're, now they're on that train instead of, you know, continuing to produce produce smaller and smaller things. And that's what I saw like Michael Keaton and Edward Norton as, you know, are just like two sides of that, of that coin. If I can throw out a little two face reference here, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, I really started thinking about, like, how much I like superhero movies and, like, why I like them. I started thinking about <laughs> all that. I think that's why I didn't, like, like some of these parts of this movie. Because I was just like, no, I just want to like them. Like, <laughs> I don't want to look at this. No, we're
1: dealing with <laughs> complex human emotions here, Bobby. We have, to, yeah, I know. we have to look them in the fucking face, you know? This is... It's it's more than that. Nothing is that simple. You can't just you can't just like that. It has an effect. You know your exactly yeah. yes, yes. There, there yes. is an effect there, and this this movie like humanizes every side of that. I think just like so well, like yeah, you know, just yeah. kind of puts a real face on it that you're just like it. It does make you kind of confront those things in a way that you're like, damn. I mean, it's not just like the decision of a bunch of faceless corporate assholes. Now, like it's it's you know Mike or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh it's yeah it's really really cool that it, it pulls that off but that's really funny to hear that you had that reaction to it <laughs> there were parts i was watching it i was i was laughing i'm sure at some of those parts because i was just like man they're really fucking giving it to these things right now
0: they yes, <laughs> it's, yes.
1: <laughs> it's hilarious but i mean it's you know this movie's definitely an equal opportunity offender though as well it's you know oh, it, well, yeah, it definitely yeah. you know it kind of shits on everything it's funny too, because there's there's some stuff in this movie that like, man, it's like it's so close to being dated, you know. With certain elements, like there's a social media element that that comes up, you know, a, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't know, it's 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 okay. It's it's like it's of the times. But now that I'm watching it six <clears throat> years later, I remember when I saw it in 2014. I was just like, oh god, you know, like why are we doing this?
0: This mm-hmm. is you know,
1: this is not going to last or. <laughs> um you know be relevant you know but but watching it now six years later i was like okay no i mean this actually still totally works you know for the film um i don't think it's it's not so ingrained into the dna of this movie that uh uh you know it's 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 heavy-handed or overbearing or anything like that it's just it's there you know mm-hmm. and that's just sort of a, a reality of where this person if it were if it were actually 2014 in this film you know or so which we're led to believe like would be definitely a big part thematically of what this person's going through and right. um, you know the fact that they managed to to sort of um diminish it that much and minimize its its involvement in the movie as much as they did actually is is uh, you know pretty great i think anyway yeah so you know it's it's still not my favorite thing to see in a movie but ultimately uh, when I was watching it today I was like mm, okay it's it's fine you know An- mm-hmm. another six years from now I might feel differently about it you know uh, okay for sure but um, but I do that is one thing that I remember kind of being a little bit critical of the first time I saw it like six years ago and then so watching it now was like
0: oh all right. I think the movie maybe plays. I, I felt like the movie plays a bit stronger now than it did then, mm-hmm. especially with Michael Keaton's character. You know, like I was actually again like rolling through a Rolodex of like other actors who are either a currently playing you know superheroes in a franchise or have played it. I thought a lot about like George Clooney. I was like, you know, like if if things would not have gone right, like would would you know his was his would his trajectory be taking him to like produce something so massive in an effort to get out of you know the the, the shadow of uh, of batman or something like that you know mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah like i think there's just so you know there's a there's such an oversaturation with like superhero stuff now that like this movie felt a little bit more like placed better in 20, 2020 2021 because of like yeah i could actually believe that like any one of these Persons who play these superheroes like would do this or maybe this is something that they internally think about that we, the general public, just, you know, don't ever don't ever know about or whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know. So um, but yeah, no, I didn't think the uh, I think it was like um, I think it was like Twitter. Twitter was the big the big social media. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna you say, know. yeah, if, if anything,
1: all that stuff has actually just become amplified, you know, and exaggerated yes. in the years, you know, since like exactly all the criticisms that are in there of, you know, even just a little thing, like, get that Jeremy Renner guy, and they're like, Oh, he's an Avenger, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, wow, no, as you said, there's a Rolodex now of so many more actors that, you know, had some sort of you know what I'll call quote unquote legitimate, you know, success with a like a real <laughs> acting role or something. And yeah, you know, yeah, not to the diminish the work of, of the, you know, people who Star in superhero films or anything like that. Yeah, you know, they're still, from what I understand, are you know very good at bringing these characters to life, and that is definitely, you know, a talent. Like, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not besmirching their abilities, you know, or the <laughs> abilities of anyone like working on the films. but I just, you know, question the motives behind making them, um, mm-hmm. and the effects that they have on the industry as a whole when you know allowed to propagate uh, so unchecked, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, Uh, like a cancer almost but uh but anyway
0: okay we get it we get it just continue (laughs) with your point okay
1: (laughs) um but yeah no it 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 seems like all of its uh you know criticisms of the industry and well in both industries both the theater and you know Mm -hmm. um and film and just the arts performing arts in general uh yeah everything as, as you said exactly it just it feels just as relevant if not even more so now because like as as with everything you know in the past four years in particular like everything has intensified you know um every kind of critical discourse that can be had in the world seems to now just be at like a a a, a, a more aggressive level than it was in the past you know um over over everything not just politics it's like it's it's kind of bled over into like all of culture because it's it's all like kind of take a side now Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so all the kind of criticism that this movie has and the, the, you know, vitriol with which it delivers a lot of them, uh, definitely rings kind of like even more true now. It's like, yeah, that might be part of, you know, exactly. Like you said at the time, it might've been almost comical how like kind of angry, you know, like Riggan is about a lot of this stuff. Whereas now you're like, no, that's like a regular conversation nowadays. Yeah. You know, (laughs) this is nothing. This is like you turn on the TV even watch it. You watch lawmakers and this is the tone that they have. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's wild. <laughs> so yeah. In, in some ways, like the normalization of that stuff has made this movie feel a lot more actually like realistic.
0: All right. So the big question is, do you think Tim Burton is capable of something like this? Do I think Tim Burton was capable of, uh, yeah. Of making a movie like this?
1: No, I never would have expected it. <laughs> 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 Blew my fucking socks yeah, off. Yeah, no, I, I. Yeah. Wow, this is what a major, major uh, comeback after such a yeah. slump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was just he was just shoveling shit for years uh, yeah. until he until
0: he came out with this fucker. And then he put on a uh, Mexican pseudonym and f- <laughs> completely different person. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> similar,
1: you know, he uh, the hair is very similar though got that it is yeah still still got that curl um <laughs> but uh yeah no I so I, I was I was actually really cracking up because I was like all of Gotham City feel in Tim Burton's Batman feels about as big as Broadway <laughs> in in this um, film it, mm-hmm that's a you good know point. like when we go out on the street and like on the roof and stuff it's like we're just in like a one block area basically yeah yeah, you know, and Gotham City kind of felt the same way in the Tim Burton Batman movies. <laughs> so, um, so that that actually felt very familiar um, in in a sense, as far as like uh, geographically um, how uh-huh. the world around us was constructed and what a sort of bubble we were in, you know. And this movie obviously had a very specific reason for being in such a tight bubble, that you right. Know, um, but uh, uh, Tim Burton's Batman does not, but but it is. <laughs> and uh Uh, i found that i found that kind of striking
0: yeah no i started thinking like i wonder i wonder if because it's a theater
1: also most of gotham city is a theater yeah
0: I was gonna say I don't know if you know this, Dorian, but the alley he gets caught in is Crime Alley. That's, That's where Bruce Wayne's parents. I was cracking get, when he
1: got stuck on. When guess. he got stuck in the robe, I was cracking up. I was like, "Dude, you do not want to be stuck in that alley." <laughs> no, you don't. hundred <laughs> percent Crime Alley. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt like I, I uh, appreciated having watched those Batman movies prior to watching this. Just mm-hmm. when they when they would talk about Birdman and like, you know, when he was kind of like dealing with, you know, what he had in the past and all that stuff. And as we had, you know, uh, uh, talked about a lot of our f- uh, feelings from, you know, having seen the Batman movies as, as uh, when we were much younger and how all right. that stuff has kind of carried over and, you know, what, you know, a little bit about how, you know, that's, that's carried over into Michael Keaton. I think he's managed to shed that image very successfully in his own life. So, yes. you know, Riggin is sort of this, like, funhouse mirror version of of Michael Keaton that is just, like, that could have just as easily not gone the right way, though, you know? Right. And, like, he could totally be in this position. So it was, like, really interesting to see this metatextual element of, like, this guy kind of actually playing this what-if scenario with his own life in a lot of yeah. ways. And, you know, what if, what if I turned into this person that I, you know, probably don't really like, you know? <laughs> and Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, who just made a lot of the you know wrong decisions in the aftermath of all of that, and uh, you know wound up here, but um, but yeah, so so having those in such close proximity, it it really did, um, I think even further exaggerate you know the the exaggeration that this funhouse mirror type you know um, uh, approach to this person's life and this film as a whole, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was taken. So yeah, it was it was cool. It was you know I I did actually feel like there was something worthwhile glean from the experience of doing this, which at on its face value seemed like kind of a ridiculous excursion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, how about you? Did you, What would? did anything in particular uh, uh, strike you or you found interesting about kind of playing compare and contrast with those movies versus this one?
0: Um, there was a couple things. Uh, one was that um, I feel like uh, I agree with you in terms of just like watching – watching the Tim Burton Batman movies, like those movies, you know, like we, we, uh, we agreed that like those movies are not about Batman. They're not right. about yeah. <laughs> the character of Bruce Wayne, Batman. And, you know, uh, uh, aside from like his parents dying and this is why he's Batman, like that's, that's about it. Um, and so I started thinking about how like, um, all those two movies are very like theater they just feel like kind of like theater productions sometimes when like we're out in the street and it's like, mm-hmm. clearly the road ends here. Like it's yeah, a, right. sucking, it's a, it's a back lot. There's I a, yeah, There's three yeah. like spotlights, you know, on the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we just, you know, this entire car chase sequence was just going around the block, like twice. <laughs> like, I, uh, we, so you changed a building direction and that was it for, yep. you know, um, but, uh, but no, I th- I thought that's where like I sort of like compared and contrasted with like you know the Tim Burton ones and 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 this one with with uh, with those being very like theater like and the performances and I was actually trying to place like uh, the supporting characters in Birdman like who would be like which villain or like who would be like the Vicky Vale or, or whatever I actually. I actually think Zach Galifianakis has voiced the Joker in like the Lego Batman movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know? And so, and then I thought like, oh, like Edward Norton would be a fantastic Riddler. Like this is just fucking great, you know? And, uh, so all, all, all these, all these different kinds of things. um, The one thing that really kind of drove it home for me was I feel like I've told you this story once or twice, and I'll, I'm just gonna say it again is that there's this uh, graphic novel called uh, "What Happened to Batman" or or something. Or hang on one second, I think I just have it like here. My sorry, it's called oh, whatever hap- Batman. Whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of, uh, basically the story is that Batman has died or, uh, yeah, Batman has died. And the, the umbrella story is uh, Batman's funeral and all of his rogues gallery and, you know, police officers and people that have known him are coming to, you know, eulogize him in some sort of way and pay their respects. And so it's just a bunch of small stories. Uh, but the first one is all about, uh, Alfred and Alfred's time in the war. Uh, you know, meeting, meeting Mr. Wayne, you know, <clears throat> becoming a part of the family, raising Bruce, and then the parents dying and Bruce deciding to go on this, you know, um, this journey to become Batman and everything like that. But that for the first couple of years, there's no, there's nothing that really happens. There's not really that much crime in Gotham. So he's just a dude in a suit who is not being able to fulfill this promise to his parents. And he's kind of going insane. And Alfred is out one day with one of his theater buddies, kind of like how Edward Norton and uh, and Michael Keaton are in the first scene where they go to that bar. <laughs> uh-huh. And Alfred is talking to him about like, man, like I'm really, really worried about him. Like, I don't want him to go down a darker path. And his theater buddy says, like, well, hey, like, why don't I why don't I get like dressed up and like like make up a villain and mm-hmm. like, I'll pretend I'll pretend to be a villain and like he can catch me. And so, basically, it you know it, what it ends up being is that all of Alfred's uh, uh, original like theater company. Become the famous Rose Galleries. They become the Riddler. They become Catwoman and Two Face and all these people in an effort to help Bruce Wayne have some sort of validity in his life as yeah. Batman. Have find a purpose. And, yeah. yeah, and the ultimate villain it's it's Alfred who ends up who is like the best out of all of them who ends up dressing himself up as a Joker to be to be like the ultimate villain. And and uh, it was a really interesting story, like uh-huh. to write and like really just like psychological. And I dug the fuck out of it. And um, it it most reminded me, it most reminded me of this movie. Like just just thinking like really really deep and like deconstructing everything. And you know like what's well, so, real, what's yeah, not.
1: Yeah, right. And they're they're all there to prop him up. You know they're all everybody's right. everybody's put. This is his play. You know he's the one who's really on the line here, having mm-hmm. you know written, directed, and acting in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff yeah no it's a that's an interesting comparison it's just while you yeah. were talking about that too i was like oh man the, the theater critic is totally poison ivy
0: oh god <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> uh did you have a favorite yeah. scene in the
1: movie oh man i mean it's so hard to say like there's so, i mean there's so like there's so many good ones <laughs> And it, it's it's like favorite in what emotional register, you know? Like um, what's my what's my favorite like hilarious scene? What's my favorite like emotional scene? What's my favorite this movie's insane scene? <laughs> there's uh there's just a lot to a lot to choose from. Um, um
0: I, I I really actually like the I like the scene. Um I think it's after he uh, it's, it's after a performance it's after a preview preview performance i believe when he gets trapped outside naked and then finishes finishes the performance all the way through and he goes back to his dressing room and his daughter is there mm-hmm. and uh she unrolls the toilet paper and tells you know the story about how she would do this in like rehab and stuff yeah but she ends up but he ends up like saying this line of dialogue about how like <laughs> just basically his life is like <laughs> you know he's getting in the head in the in the balls with like a little hammer yeah and like i but, almost yeah, cried this, i was like this is incredible i love this analogy like yeah happening. this play like, is
1: like some deformed alternate version of me that's just yes. hitting my balls with a hammer <laughs> constantly <laughs> sorry what was the
0: question <laughs> yeah. i think in that moment i was just like damn maybe i should like maybe I should give superhero movies a break for a while. I should give these actors a break for like (laughs) just a little bit. Like I felt like personally responsible for like, yeah, the world needing to make these movies with such, you know, great actors. I love them all. But I'm like, damn, maybe yeah. they just need a break. We just need well, to. And
1: it's it's so often, you know, that people are like, oh, you know, boohoo them. Like they're getting paid all this fucking money to like dress up in costumes and, you know, have fun for a few months out of the year and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, I think also what a lot of people have had pointed out to them a million times over and still don't seem to believe it is like money does not equate happiness Uh, you know and this movie is very much about that you know this guy Mm -hmm. had all that stuff and yet the entire time he was obviously like on completely unfulfilled and miserable (laughs) Um, right as he as he discusses and that's why he's doing this you know play in the first place is because he feels like he never had this legitimacy or you know this this sort of whatever illusion you want to pick for what type of you know admiration respect validity any of these things you know that that artists like to you know whine about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mys- myself included um yeah. you know it's it's a neurosis for sure and you know it's one of those things too that like you recognize it but even recognizing it is not you know enough to really combat it it's just like that powerful of a force and um you know seeing somebody like really grapple with that at like a real sort of make it or break it point in their life you know where they're like i'm fucking old and they're like i'm, I'm washed up you know this is this yeah, is yeah. it if i'm ever gonna get respect this kind of thing that I've always told myself like, Oh, I'll be able to do that once I have this money or once I do this or that, you know, this is mm-hmm. kind of it last chance.
0: <laughs> it's
1: uh, you know, it's, it's an appropriately like kind of intense and schizophrenic movie, you know, but again, like balanced and, and focused in so intently by obviously an incredibly talented director. Um, something once again, that I never thought Tim Burton was capable of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but at the same time, you can tell, you know, even with like the music and the rhythms and like how staccato and like just kind of broken, you know, it is at times except where we get those moments where it's like I can cue the music and be the movie star again and yeah, you know, have right. the, and pretend and go into fantasy world where like, you know, now the camera all of a sudden is like super smooth again and, you know, the music's <laughs> going and I'm doing the impossible and then, you know, you know, fucking get out of a cab a second later or whatever. And yeah, right. reality kind of comes crashing down.
0: I really, I really, I, uh, I, I came around after I was after I finished watching to being like, yeah, this just feels like a good like Batman movie. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just feels like a good like commentary on just superhero shit in general. Like, uh, I think I was like really, you know, taken with that, but then also. Um, you know, like Michael Keaton is my Batman. Like that's that's who I I, I like. That's my Batman. Like that's <laughs> my favorite. It's my top. It's my favorite movie. You know, it's nostalgia and it's a it's a bunch of all these things. But um, uh, and I think having him play you know Regan just sort of like brought that home for me as like uh, man. I I'm pretty sure that even though this is taking the form of a guy who used to be in these three superhero movies. And now is actually trying to like prove himself as an artist, uh, in some way. It is uh, I love stories about Bruce Wayne where he's like really trying to grapple with the fact of like whether or not, you know, what he's doing is you know helping or just hurting like the city uh-huh. in some way, you know. And it's like uh, I, that's why I feel like I, I love I love the metaphor that this movie is just sort of bringing out from watching. The Tim Burton movies, because Uh I feel like Chris Nolan is definitely having that conversation throughout his Batman series, like concurrently with the dramatic and the action story that that's happening, you know, uh, both with like the heroes and the villains and everybody in between. But I don't know. It's really weird how like Birdman for me kind of like just contextualized, you know, the fantasy character of Bruce Wayne in, Uh in, in a way, you know, like that that was sorely lacking from the Tim Burton movies. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, So like, I also kind of watched it like that too. Cause I was like, I feel like this is the first time I'm being able to see like what's going on inside of Bruce Wayne's head. Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, he's hooking up with all these hot journalists yeah, and then, (laughs) and then, and then telling them like, I'm in love with you too, but daddy's got to go to work and then just, you know, fucking just taking care of business. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, And then just deserting him uh, in the next movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, when you cast Michelle Pfeiffer, you just got to, you know.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, it was, uh, that stuff, I was definitely thinking about that stuff as well, that like, you know, this could just as easily apply to like a, you know, like at the end of Dark Knight, you know, of course, where Batman is ostracized, you know, he's done it to himself, of course, in order to save Harvey's good name. But, right. um, you know, where he's sort of, you know, has has Batman, the idea of Batman, like, uh, becoming irrelevant, you know, all of a sudden, and then trying to mount a comeback at some point later while rap- grappling with these questions of like, did I do anything good when I was younger? Did this anything? Did I ever really deserve this respect that I've been after? You know, and all this <laughs> type of stuff? Like, yeah, I know, it definitely feels like there is a Batman-esque story going on psychologically,
0: Um, Yes. (laughs) With this
1: character for sure. And, you know, I started thinking about, um, you know, uh, uh, The Dark Knight Returns a lot, you know, which deals, the Frank Miller comic, yeah, which deals a lot with an old Batman who has been Mm -hmm. out of action for a while. And, um, you know, now has to kind of like come back and and deal with not just, you know, a new elevated criminal threat, but also, uh, you know, sort of being irrelevant, being a little out of shape, maybe not, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being totally up to the task anymore and kind of coming yeah. to terms with those things and, and all that and yeah you know I, I kept thinking about it I was like man this might actually be the best like Dark Knight Rises film a- adaptation that we have you Ooh, know yeah. it's, okay. it's kind I of like if that. you yeah. transpose that story into you know the the film and theater world like Michael Keaton's career because um, mm-hmm. it's funny too you know it's like at this time too when this came out he was in kind of like a he had been in kind of a lull period for a bit there where yeah, I feel he... like through, I feel like through the 90s he did pretty well but like in most of the like 2000s I remember when he got cast in this even it was wow it was like wow this is kind of brave for him because this is kind of maybe on the a little on the nose for this guy <laughs> yeah, you know right just it's like I played Batman and then my career went nowhere and you know but he's he's been done well ever since Um. I think, and, and rightfully so, and maybe he was doing some stuff in that time period that I just wasn't really paying attention to, but um, I, I do recall let's, it being a little autobiographical feeling.
0: <laughs> let's see, he did uh, Batman, Batman Returns. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm going through the IMDb, and I'm picking out like the recognizable titles mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, Multiplicity, uh, Jackie Brown. That's right. Out, yeah. of, out of out of sight. Yeah, which, yeah, that's uh, all
1: late nineties.
0: Jack, Jack Frost. Uh, yeah. yeah. After I would say th- after, yeah. did the two thousands, not not much until we get to. I feel like well, we were in school when that when that movie Mary Gentleman came out because that kind of yeah. shot around yeah. Chicago and stuff. Yeah. Uh,
1: Amy uh, Rising worked on it. I remember.
0: Yeah. 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 And that was his first directorial effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. So that was 2008, and then 2010. He's the voice of the Ken doll in Toy Story Three, uh, and then he starts getting like you know the other guys, which is a comedy. He was in RoboCop, the remake to RoboCop mm-hmm. <laughs> in twenty in 2014, and then and then this Birdman yeah was, same year yeah, yeah. So and then, then af- and then yeah.
1: Spotlight, the founder, you know yeah he's been doing you know award like award worthy shit since then. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah trial the chicago seven he was in oh yeah Yeah. that's right i forgot
1: he showed up in that yeah so and then now he's now he's about to do birdman four
0: (laughs) yeah yeah coda part two (laughs) the flash
1: birdman four. the flash i don't Uh, know
0: man that 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 scares me a lot it scares me a lot i'm like really i'm really scared for that
1: yep um, but real quick to get back to, you had asked also about favorite scenes, and I, I didn't. Oh really yeah, answer, uh, sorry about that. Oh no, 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 those are all right, because you, you had a good answer, and um, we, we diverted from there. But uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I really like the first scene with Edward Norton um, when he first shows up uh, to uh, on, as Mark, Mike Steiner on stage. Yeah, when they start okay. like they start like workshopping the scene together, and they kind of start like playing off of each other and shit. It's such yeah. a good scene. It's, it's really <laughs> awesome. I mean, I think just in terms of, like, introducing a character, you know, in, like, one scene, immediately you're like, oh, man, this fucking guy. <laughs> like, um, but also, I mean, I think just both of them are just acting their fucking asses off in that scene, too. Like, it's so, yeah. so good. Because they're jumping in and out of the scene that they're playing while obviously playing the scene that's, you know, in the movie itself and everything and all mm-hmm. that. There's there's just a, so much good good filmmaking going on there and so much good acting going on there. And it's just very entertaining to watch as well, and very high energy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's also just a fun like kind of process, you know,
0: yeah, uh, like yeah. a
1: little little peek behind the curtain, kind of inside baseball <laughs> shit. But um, but man, I really you know this this time around too. I, I man, I really really love the ending to this movie.
0: Okay, so yeah. I had uh, I had moments where I was like, I don't get this so like I, it's definitely, definitely a movie where I felt like why you know why haven't I watched this more mm-hmm. you know because I mean as much as you try nothing has challenged me more on my superhero love than Birdman a few hours ago <laughs> 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 it's amazing I love it you know like I...
1: <laughs> that part fucking kills me every time <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, I, I, I had a moment on it, and I think I, I straddled this line between, like, trying to, you know, following, obviously, the story of, you know, Regan, you know, putting this together, but then also, like, the fantastical elements of it was trying to, you know, interpret it in my own way. And then, like, the end of the movie, I, I think my, my immediate thought is that he just commits suicide right? Because he (laughs) steps out of a window and then he's not there anymore. But then I'm like, well, the daughter looks up, so, you know, and like, I don't need an answer, but like, at the same time, I'm just kind of like, okay, what the, what, what the, (laughs) what happened? Yeah. (laughs) So what's your, that's the long way of me saying, like, what's, you know, interpret the end for me, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, for me, you know, the ending is all about, like, he's been going literally to the ends of the earth and, and literally trying to do the impossible in order to find some sort of fulfillment or happiness. Mm -hmm. And in the end, he finally is able to kind of connect with and like earn the respect of his daughter. And. Oh, okay. That's kind of all he ever really needed from life. Yeah. And that's really when he kind of, ultimately feels fulfilled and can really kind of soar in a way if you
0: will okay all right yeah yeah. and
1: um you know i just i really like that like the whole time you know the, the whole movie he's in his in like kind of in his mind he's this fantastic being that can fly and can blow up buildings and can you know telekinetically throw shit across the room and like whatever else but nobody else ever sees it of course and every time we we see usually some sort of Reveal that, like, he's actually just doing this or he was in a cab or whatever, you know, the deal mm-hmm. is. Um, but, you know, it's it's like in the end, it's like finally kind of somebody else acknowledges his ability to be something incredible. You know, like his his bigness, I guess, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his largesse. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and it's his daughter and it's kind of like, you know, this this sort of ultimate... You know the unexpected virtue of ignorance, in a way that, yeah, in, you know, in in a way by by being so foolish and not really realizing like who it was he really kind of needed to connect with in order to like be fulfilled and 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 you know in life, um, mm-hmm. you know it was it was kind of there and and as a result of all of this shit that he tried to do he he unexpectedly kind of ended up. Doing the right thing, but only by virtue of trying to do, like, every last thing he could in the world, you know. So he's still not, like, <laughs> not, like, by any means perfect or anything, but, like, it seems like this solution or, you know, at least the uh, at least the possibility of this is kind of presented at the end. And I love that, like, you know, it just takes all of this giant really, you know, uh, intentionally um, uh, contrasting elements throughout the entire movie and contradictory even sometimes... And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, it kind of boils it all down to like this one kind of like really simple, really like universal thing, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like kind of more important than any of that stuff. Like we all, you know, grapple with those things throughout our own lives in our own ways. And like, people are going to attach their own meaning to, I mean, really everything in this movie, it's designed to be open to interpretation, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, But, uh, but I love that, you know, there's this kind of ending moment where it's like, you really do just kind of get a moment uh, of like a really cynical daughter, kind of like looking at her father with some sort of awe, you know, for the Mm -hmm. first time in the entire film. And I feel like that's kind of like a pretty universal thing that like, it leaves us with that feeling that like something good has happened here. Some sort of like rift in an important relationship in two people's lives has, has maybe, maybe been healed by this for all the shit that has happened in the past two hours, you know, (laughs) and everything that everyone's been through, like maybe, maybe something good, you know, like unequivocally good came out of this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just think that's a really, like, cool way. You know, there's no, there's never going to be, and and there shouldn't be, nor is it the intent of this film, I think, to try to provide, like, a satisfying conclusion to, like, what happened here, you know, how much of this was real, how much was fantasy, did he really blow his nose off? Is that, even as that scene, you know, there's a lot of stuff towards the end of this movie that seems like... You know, he might have, if anything, I think if if he killed himself at any point in the movie, it's when he jumps off the roof the first time and then flies around and then goes back in. And then everything after that is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like everything goes right. His, you know, had intermission, his wife comes in and starts, ex-wife comes in and starts singing his praises about how amazing he is. And it's a huge success. And then he gets the review, you know, he never thought he would get after this, like, sure, very dramatic, seemingly kind of, you know, dark moment occurs, but ultimately it all plays out for the best for him. You know, right. in the end, he gets the review, he gets the respect, he gets all this, all of a sudden his daughter likes him. So in in, in a way, you could also interpret it as like a very dark ending. That
0: yeah, that's true.
1: He just killed himself, and then now he's, because that's the only way he could ever get any kind of fulfillment or any kind of happiness from the conclusion of his life at this point is by imagining <laughs> it in a death yeah. fantasy. Yeah um yeah. so you could interpret it in a very very dark way as well <laughs> all right um i did have you, that thought i did have that yeah, thought of like there's did a he definite, kill himself at some point yeah. totally because there's a definite turning point right after that where like literally all, like everything is going to i mean he wakes up on a stoop after like drinking you know him, yeah, himself right. to sleep the night before and then like everything's he gets a pep talk from Birdman, and then everything's awesome you know yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: So,
1: yeah no, yeah it's it's you know you could you could definitely read it. And I think that's again very very intentional but um that you know it could be read either way but watching it this time I, I really like appreciated just sort of that again like and again you know just thinking about what a big deal was made out of like the technical element of this that uh, uh, the movie ends you know on a on a close up of a person's face. Yeah. You know, and that having like a, a context and a power to it that says like so much more than any amount of like technical wizardry that went into crafting this entire one shot conceit for the film, you know,
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That,
1: uh, ultimately there's, you know, this is kind of, uh, kind of, again, like commenting on the medium and everything that like ultimately in a lot of ways for all of the things we did here, this is like the true power of cinema is kind of still rests in like a person's face. Yeah. You know yeah. Um, so yeah there's just there's a lot there that like it, it felt I felt really really satisfied and like really good with the conclusion and the just experience and like where it kind of left it off I thought it just it just felt like so right for the entirety yeah. of this film um, yeah which I, I remember the last couple or the you know the first time I saw it and uh, uh, or just you know the, the two or three times that I saw it in 2014 being like yeah you know the ending's fine I'm cool with Mm -hmm. it, but it's not, it doesn't like blow my mind. But like this time I really, I was like kind of elated while, while watching the ending scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like that interpretation. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) cool. I had this thought, uh, after I watched it and I was just sort of thinking about it, that is this like the, I started to think about Joker, uh, the movie Joker, uh, in the way that like, Joker was, like, the first of its kind in terms of taking a comic book character and, you know, um, and doing something different with it, right? Like, giving this character, like, a a backstory or, or like, one part of a backstory and just having a a fledged-out story. Like, I wonder if, like, Birdman is in the same vein, even though it's not about, like, it's not about Batman. You know, it just so happens to have Michael Keaton, a character who... You know, played Batman first in like a big live action movie, but like, I wonder if something as uh, uh, deep and psychological can happen with like, if, like they decide to do that. Like, basically, you know, is this the Joker version of of like <laughs> right. uh, of them? You know what I mean? Like, is this is this Seriously. like you know the two sides of the cone? Is like the Joker is what we get with like a a, a villain story that's like a heavy drama. It, it's very serious, and then. Is this the like you know Bruce Wayne side of it? You know, Damn. like the guy yeah. in this, the guy in the suit. Is this what happens to him? Obviously, it's the metaphor of this theater and everything. Because even what you're talking about, uh, well, not you talking about, but uh, I mean, um, saying that you know, uh, throughout the movie, the you know the walls the are getting, you know, the hallways are getting more narrow. Like that's just another, you know, it's another, me- it's a metaphor for a bevy of things happening yeah. to all the characters in the movie, but you know, seemingly this movie it's from Regan's point of view. Like we're watching, we're watching mm-hmm. all the stuff, you know, uh, cast off him. So it is those walls that are like closing in on him more so than everybody else. And, um, this, I don't know, this movie just felt like that, the other side of it to me, like what's, what's going on in like, you know, the hero's mind, you know, even if you want to call him that. <laughs> uh-huh. or whatever. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Birdman Joker double feature? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess, I mean, yeah, or just, you know, just furthering the point that this is an excellent follow-up to, to some Batman movies.
0: It really is.
1: Like, yeah, I know. It's, like, obviously everybody, like, thought it and, like, talked about it when it came out. Like, oh, haha, it's, you know, he's yeah. obviously referencing his own career, you know, with this one. <laughs> but it's, like, no, let's, you know, I'm glad we actually were, like, no, let's actually watch, like, the Batman movies and then this and kind of see yeah. what that does. And it's, it's been pretty fascinating actually in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. The way it's contextualized itself for me is kind of, it's scary a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's just been funny too, because it was like, yeah, I definitely sat down, you know, with the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to like watch this, you know, this specific way, you know, because mm-hmm. we're doing this podcast and it's mixed up in this, this Batman stuff. So I'm really going to pay attention to the like Batman side of things here and then it was like I couldn't because I just got, like, totally caught up in the movie. It's, it's just, like, so good, you know, that there's no yes. way I could, like, force myself to look at it one way. I was just like, oh, my God, this is all so awesome. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, um, but then, like the the more I was doing that, like just kind of committed to that, I was like, okay, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna watch the movie. Then I can I can sort through it in different contexts after the fact, you know, even though I have little time between watching it and yeah, right, and <laughs> talking about it. It'll be a heuristic exercise as as we discuss and and sort through our thoughts, you know. But. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, then the more I was just kind of watching it like that, and the things I was realizing about about the movie, then all of a sudden, all of those things started connecting back to Batman and Bruce Wayne, like yeah. total, you know, effortlessly. And I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this is so." <laughs> now, now by now by intentionally not thinking about that movie that this movie that way, I'm starting to see these connections between the two. <laughs> so, yes, right, exactly. It was, uh, yeah, in some ways, it was an effortless exercise, um, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this level of like, oh my god, this actually kind of works. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just thought it was some dumb shit to do, <laughs> and I just I, as soon as I said it too, I was like, man, I just kind of want to watch Birdman again now. Yeah, you know, it gives me a good reason to do so.
0: This this movie does feel like you know within the Batman within the Batman context, you know, like it does feel like a Bruce, Bruce Wayne coda. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is this is the for me like the death of of Michael Keaton.
1: Yeah. This is why he was so taciturn in the Tim Burton Batman movies, because he was concealing this just like inner uncontrollable Mm -hmm. turmoil and like lack of confidence about what he was doing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when Michael Keaton returns as Batman in the flash, like he better like win a fucking Oscar for it. Like Uh it, it better be like on the level of, it better be like on the level of um, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky in the first Creed movie. Oh, okay,
1: good. Like I that's agree. that yeah. that's
0: that's kind of the level where I'm like, th- this is where that this is where that bar is. Like, Keaton should have definitely won the Oscar for this movie, which he didn't, and it's a fucking crime as far as yeah. I'm concerned.
1: Now he's and, uh, unbelievable in this film.
0: Yeah, and uh, and same with um, what do you call it? Uh, Stallone in in Creed, nominated yeah. for best supporting actor and. Didn't win that, which I thought was kind of a crime as well. So. Yeah,
1: he was he was really good in that movie. He's Everybody was great in that, in that movie, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, if, if Bruce Wayne, if <laughs> in the Flash movie, Bruce Wayne shows up and he's like, I've got cancer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, Dorian, don't do okay, it. Okay, I see where they're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Creed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think
1: I'm going to fight it. All I lost my fight years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think I'm good with with uh, the the bird, Birdman convo. I think we we kind of yeah. really hit it.
1: Yeah. No. And I am. I am like so excited to. I mean, it hasn't been that long since I've watched Dark Knight Rises, but I'm really excited mm-hmm. now to watch that in Same. context of this. Yes.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Since, since there is a lot of actual kind of like direct comparison in some ways in terms of like Batman's kind of been away for a while and, <laughs> yeah. you know, is coming back and maybe things aren't perfect and, you know, all this type of stuff. It's, uh yeah, it'll be really funny and interesting to watch, you know, if, is Bane just the theater critic, you know, from Birdman? I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>
0: Dorian, prepare, like, prepare your critiques in the Bane voice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like i'm batman i am gonna shit on your play i don't care what you yeah. do out
0: there <laughs> but uh no yeah i agree i'm really i i did have that same thought as you did i'm really excited to watch dark Knight uh dark Knight rises in, yeah uh, in the in the in the shadow of birdman happily because uh yeah this is like this is the end of the michael Kane michael keaton and, yeah. uh, you know, we're about to watch the end of the, the Christian Bale
1: run. I know. I was going to say, yeah, like a, like a street in Tim Burton's Gotham, uh, the end is in sight. And uh, <laughs> I think we should <laughs> just keep moving
0: forward. <laughs> oh, and,
1: shit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I said, say, let's, let's just watch it this upcoming week.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm down to do I'm, that. Watch it this I'm week. I'm to and watch it, it anyway. this week. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm I'm ready to rock. So, yeah. All
0: right. All right. Well, that's definitely going to be uh, next week's episode. Is yeah, because uh, we're recording The Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, um, and,
1: and then we'll start looking at some trailers again. See what's up with those.
0: Uh. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, Dorian. Thank you for doing this.
1: Of course. Yeah. It's
0: my pleasure. Thank and, you for uh, doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Dark Knight Rises. Woohoo! All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank y'all. Bye.